don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did jump so sweet? Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I'm Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. As you know, a reminder, the Blazers are starting training camp next week. They are going down to Santa Barbara. I will be making that trip with them. Everything that I write from down there will be for paid subscribers only. So I would encourage you to go sign up for a paid subscription to get all that content, which there's going to be a lot of that next week. And the podcast, as always, we're part of the Odyssey family. You can get us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, the Odyssey app, everywhere you get podcasts. And, I mean, I don't really need to do too much of an intro about this episode because I think we all know what this is going to be about. Damian Lillard, after three months of speculation and rumors and after the trade request on July 1st, he was traded this morning to the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm just going to read the full trade out for posterity. Uh, Damian Lillard goes to Milwaukee. Portland gets Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tamani Kamara, a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first-round pick, and unprotected swap rights in 2028 and 2030. And Phoenix, as the third team in the deal, gets Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. So that's the trade, and Eric Gunderson and I are, you know, obviously friend of the program, most frequent guest, most frequent recurring guest. We just kind of, we go in all sorts of directions. We talk about the deal. We talk about, you know, how the last couple weeks unfolded from the negotiation standpoint. We talk about how Dame is going to look in Milwaukee. We talk about how DeAndre Ayton is going to look in Portland, what might happen with Drew Holiday. Talk about some of our favorite Dame moments from the last 11 years. You kind of know what the what the vibes are, so let's just get to that right now. So, Eric, where do you even want to start? There's so many different directions we can take this in. I, I mean, I guess I'm a little mad at myself for not thinking about Milwaukee more seriously. Uh, I think that's my first because all of the connections are there, right? You've got yeah. Dame and Giannis. You had Giannis picking Dame first last year during the All Star draft. Yeah, you know somebody you, reminded you know, me of that today. I was I was there. I was at that in Salt Lake City, and I remember talking like commenting on that at the time. And I actually remember uh, afterwards. I mean, because you know the the post All Star press conferences or mixed zones or whatever you've covered those before. Mm-hmm. That stuff's a joke. And so I, you know, Dame goes up, you know, to the to his little podium thing. It's me, it's Casey, it's Bill Orem, it's like some national guys. And I lead off with the question, I'm like, so Dame, in the pre-draft process, did you get a promise from Giannis that you were going to get picked first? Or was it just like, like we just kind of, I just kind of went. But I had uh-huh. totally forgotten about that. But yeah, Dame and Giannis, who did they hire as their lead assistant under Adrian Griffin uh, this this earlier this summer, Terry Stotts, who is on that team, uh, Pat Connaughton and Robin Lopez, two of Dame's guys from previous year. It just, what is Dame, what is the number one, well, the number one thing Dame wanted was Miami, but what is the number one thing that Dame has said that he wants overall? A chance to contend. And Dame and Giannis is kind of the best you're going to do at that from his end. I mean, yeah, it's the best, it's the best compliment that he could have, plus Brooke Lopez. Like, yeah. he's got rim protection. 
and and Middleton can defend and and obviously you know they lose Drew who's a great defender and Dame you know doesn't have the wingspan that Drew has it doesn't it doesn't, isn't the, the defender that Drew Holiday is but he will try and I think he's going to be on a team with way more guys that can cover up for his physical deficiencies which is you know maybe he doesn't have the longest arms he's not the biggest guy at guard but he will fight and, and he will fight in the post if someone tries to post him up and he's pretty strong down there. Like he's not Drew Holiday, but on the flip side, he's not Drew Holiday on the offensive side, which like good luck stopping the Bucks at all. Like you've got Giannis and Dame pick and roll. You've got Gian- you got Dame and Brooke Lopez pick and roll. You've got, you know, Dame coming off a flare screen on the other side while Giannis brings the ball up and does the Euro step thing. Oh my God, Dame's wide open for three. Like, it's just... And then your second option you can kick it to is Chris Middleton. Like Yes! Like, like and, and it's just like, everything just got so much easier for the Bucks offensively. And I think they have the size and the length outside of Dame to make up for what he, what they lost defensively. And I... I, I mean, obviously, you know, supporting Dame, I, I instantly went to the book and I was like, Bucks to win the championship. Like Eric's so, gambling corner. Er, Eric's gambling corner wouldn't place to wager. Just because, like, I mean, and I think it's going to be fun. Like, Dame's going to be in offensive sets that he – we know that he's good at. And he even though last year he had a better statistical season than he's ever had, he still was, I think, working harder for his buckets last year than he ever has. And I think – it's going to be even easier for him with the Bucks, which I think is just really exciting. And I think, I mean, a Bucks fans I imagine are over the moon right now. Yeah, I have a buddy who's a Bucks fan, and I texted him, and he was he was pretty fired up about this. So, I guess to go back, we're gonna we'll talk. I mean, we're gonna. There's so much that we, we can. You know, there, I I don't even know where to start here. There's so many different directions we could go, and we want to go into like. We'll go into like favorite Dame moments of the last 11 years at some point, but just to kind of try to back up here and as best I can try to go through what the last week has been like, I started to hear, I think it was either Wednesday night or Thursday night, it was Thursday night, that something might be happening. And I started, you know, I, I got I got a text from somebody saying, you know, this might happen like now, this might happen soon. And then I started asking around and, the name that kept coming up was Toronto. And didn't know if it was going to be Scotty Barnes or OG Ananobi or what. And then the next morning, it seemed like Masai pulled out. And then later that day, he was back in. And then it was kind of, you know, everything was totally quiet over the weekend. Saturday, Sunday, I pretty much heard nothing. Yesterday, mostly nothing. There was kind of some reporting out of Toronto that the Raptors were sort of in pole position. And then... I woke up this morning and had a bunch of texts that the Raptors were actually out and that people were kind of expecting him to end up in Miami now. But I was, you know, asking around and, you know, just not getting really anything, like, from in, in concrete in any direction. Like, I, I got, like, like, yeah, you know, Toronto might still be in it or, you know, yeah, actually Miami, maybe they've started engaging finally on something with Miami. Maybe that's going to get done. About five minutes before the Woj tweet went out announcing the trade, I got two different texts saying that the deal was imminent within the next 10 minutes. And so I was just like, and, and you know, over the weekend, I had 
written, you know, started write, pre-writing different drafts of different things I was going to write. Like, I had a version of what I was going to write if he ended up in Toronto. I had a version of what I was going to write if he ended up in Miami. I had even, like, halfway started thinking about what I was going to do if he ended up in Philly because that was the other team that I heard might be in the mix or that had been kind of thrown out there. I was completely in the dark about Milwaukee even being in just because I assumed that they didn't have the stuff. But and I, so I, I, guess, I guess, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, Drew Holiday, who got, you know, four first round picks a couple of years ago. And I think if and it's still really good and it's still really good. And yes, Jimmy did beat bust his ass in the playoffs last year, but Giannis was also hurt, had a bad back. Like they, the Bucks didn't just lose that series because Jimmy went off on Drew Holiday. It wasn't Drew Holiday's fault why they lost. But I think it's, I think more teams are going to say, hey, because he's on a shorter contract for less money. And you know that you don't have to worry about, you know, getting him shots, making him feel like he's part of the offense in the same way that you might have to for trading for Tyler hero. And also he's a veteran, a win now guy. I could totally see teams that see themselves as contenders. We've already heard about Philadelphia uh, reportedly being in the mix for drew. Yeah. For, for a homecoming there. I think a team like Dallas, I think a team like the Clippers, I think even a team like the Lakers, you know how impatient LeBron can be with his young players. Mm -hmm. Like that could be, he could be like, go get me Drew Holiday because I want a vet where I know where he's going to be. I know what he's going to do. And, you know, I, I think a lot of teams will convince themselves that they need to give up stuff of value if they think they have a chance to win a championship, which I think a lot of those teams that we just mentioned think that they do. I want to know where you land on this. I kind of think this is just my own. I I I'm I am currently operating under the assumption that they're going to line something up for Drew pretty quickly. And by Monday, which is media day, he is going to be somewhere else and Portland will get more assets. I kind of think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them to hang on to him at least to the deadline. Yeah, and I think he, and he's not an expiring yet either. So no. like I think that the 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 real timeline where you have to have to trade him if you're going to do that, which I think they want to do, would be next year, next next season. And so I, I don't think it would be the worst to hold on to him. I think it would, you know, everything you hear about Drew Holiday's great locker room guy. Yeah. You've, I, I don't think I've ever heard anything anyone say anything bad about him. Yeah, so, I don't, like, I don't know Drew at all, but I had his brother Justin for a couple of years in Chicago and really like him. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, and so, yeah, I, I, I love this. I mean, I, I would love Drew to stay. Obviously, they have a ton of guards. They don't necessarily need him, but they do kind of need a vet. I, unless you know, Jeremy Grant, I guess, is the vet for the team. Um, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the development of their young guards to have, you know, in the mold of, you know, that Oklahoma city team a couple of years ago where they, they held on to Chris Paul for a year before they eventually traded him to Phoenix. Like, I, I think that type of scenario where maybe you do play too many guards, but it's just, like, just kind of good to have that kind of, you know, veteran presence, especially at guard, uh, around and, and and so i don't think it would be the worst thing i i totally also see like 
you know, Portland going the let's just try to get as many assets as we can right now. Uh, and but I, I think both paths are are great, and to me, is a much more preferable path for the Blazers to have a veteran like Drew Holiday in this spot than to have someone who's 23 years old like Tyler Hero in that spot where it becomes a little bit harder for you to like make it work because you know drew is at a place of his career where i think you could maybe get him to take less to play less minutes than he normally would and 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 things of that nature and so and have a lesser role handling the ball which i think with tyler hero that would have been a really hard sell well i kind of more liken the drew thing because i never thought that tyler hero was going to come to portland i always thought that if they ended up doing something with miami he would go somewhere else. That was always kind of from the beginning. That was always my assumption. I've never, I've never said otherwise or thought otherwise. My thought with if they were going to do something with Miami, I had been assuming that Kyle Lowry's money was going to be involved just for the money, and my assumption had been that then Lowry would be same deal, either flip to a, a team that's more win now or bought out. And I had been saying at the time that, that you know, that, that I thought that might have been a possibility was that, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world to keep Kyle Lowry around to have a vet for uh, at point guard for Scoot to, to you know, and I kind of, I mean, Drew Holiday is like a, a much, I think, you know, I think everybody would agree much better player in 2023-24 still than Kyle Lowry is. So Yeah, he's a starter and, and a borderline all-star and was you know a huge reason why the bucks won the championship a couple years ago like uh whereas lowry you know is a champion is a great player is a bench player like got relegated to the bench and was asked to come off the bench that hasn't happened it might happen if drew holiday and is still on the blazers to start the season but that's that he got you know lowry got benched for gabe vitzen Right, and I don't, I don't like. All I'm saying is, I don't think it would be the worst thing. I don't. I'm not saying, oh, Drew Holiday is going to be part of the core long term going forward, because obviously he's at a different point in his career than kind of where Portland is. But I don't think hanging on to him for half a season just for a little bit of veteran stability and defense, and then at the deadline seeing what the market is, because there are going to be teams that, you know, are looking at, you know, how are we going to beat Denver or how are we going to beat. Whether it's you know the Lakers or Phoenix or whoever, or the Warriors, you know, Warriors, or, like, you know, or, or we're gonna or, have someone guard Steph. You or, know what I mean? I feel how's like anybody gonna beat? Or you know teams, you know teams in the East looking at it like, how do we beat the Bucks with Dame and Giannis? Like, let's go get Drew Holiday, and then you can get something. I mean, it's at funny the that Miami. It's funny that Miami might actually be now like in need of Drew Holiday. Yeah, I would be very interested to see what happened if they called about that. Because as far as I know, they still never, they never talked. Like, there was all this, there was all this, like, thought that, that, you know, that, you know, Portland was just kind of, like, trying to drum up other offers and then go to Miami and get, hey, you know, you know, see what the, see what the offers are, you know, get them to offer all their stuff. I was told an hour before the trade broke that they still hadn't talked directly. So. Well, yeah, and all the, all the messaging, like, it, I think from ESPN and everything was, like, and Dan Levitard and all them. It was like Hero and two first round picks. And that was it. Like everyone talking about Miami offering all their stuff, Jovic, Hakez, pick swaps. They didn't even get to any of that. It was just the two first and Tyler Hero. And if you so if you take it on the whole for Portland, like 
two pick swaps, an unprotected pick for a team in a market like Milwaukee in 2029 when Dame and Giannis will have probably aged out of their primes, likely, unless, you know, one of them is Tom Brady. Right. Like, and Milwaukee has no history, really, of getting elite free agents or being an attractive free agent market where they can all of a sudden just rebuild as soon as they lose Giannis. Like, if they're going to be done, like, you know, odds, I would rather bet on that 2029 pick for Milwaukee being valuable and in the lottery than a 2028 or 2029 pick from the Heat who have proven time and again to be able to attract high quality free agent talent. And so for that reason alone, just like Drew Holiday aside, which I think is more attractive than here on the market, that that pick, those picks from Milwaukee and potential swaps with Milwaukee have the potential to be much more valuable than whatever it is you're going to get from the Heat because the Heat are always the Heat and they're always in the mix for elite free agents and elite players. I mean, but at the same time, you know, it seems like their front office wasn't this time wasn't willing to go the extra mile to get that guy this time around one year after almost getting Donovan Mitchell. And now it's like, let's say Dame and Giannis don't work out in this hypothetical scenario. Is that same package going to get Giannis? Like, I, I don't know. And this also makes it so. less likely that Dame or that Giannis is on the market. Because this is what Giannis yes. has been doing this whole this whole summer. He did the New York Times interview, and then he did whatever podcast he went on, where he basically said, "If I don't see that they're gonna uh, that they're going all in to win, then you know I might go somewhere else." I would say there's really not uh, anything that could show more of going all in to win than this. If you're, you know, if you're Milwaukee, I'll bet he signs the extension next year now. I mean, yeah. I mean, Dame's under contract for four years, and even if it's just up. a three-year extension, where like you just time it so that he and Dame are off the books at the same time, like I'll bet, like I, you know, it, we we went basically in in two minutes when this trade broke. We went from once the Dame thing gets figured out, then Giannis is the next guy up to now. By the way, did you did you see yeah. Aaron Goodwin's statement? No, I did not. So this is a statement that Aaron Goodwin gave to Anthony Chang, who's the beat writer for the Miami Herald, who I have to say, Anthony Chang is one of the only guys in that market that just covers the team and isn't just fully bought in on the, <laughs> you know, propaganda and, like, you know, the, 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 the stuff that, like, Anthony's a pro. Anthony's done, Anthony, I think, has, out of, out of, like, the Miami media people, I think my, Anthony has done a good job with just covering the stuff and not, like, trying to, you know... You, you, you know, you know, just, just, I want to give say, Anthony, we we, yeah, we can't, I want to give Anthony, I want to give Anthony some, I want to give Anthony some props, but anyway, this is a, this is a statement that Aaron Goodwin gave to him, uh, quote, they did everything they could to acquire Dame. It takes two to get a deal done. I appreciate all that Pat, Andy, and Mickey did to try to make this happen. End quote. They did all they could. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, they did all they could. They couldn't find a third team for Tyler Hero, which never existed, even though a lot of people on, you know, in the media were saying that there were these third teams that were existing that were going to trade for Tyler Hero, and uh, 
Yeah, man. I mean, I guess he's just kind of kissing the ring there to not like, like, what is he going to do? Like throw Pat Riley under the bus? Like, I, I, I mean, he, he kind of like hitched his wagon to like, we're going to be on the Miami team. We're going to stick with this. Like he really has no choice, but to continue to take that side or else, you know, he comes out sounding like he took an L, which, you know, he would like to avoid talking about that part. Yeah. Um, I'm just, so let's, so Although, let's talk about, a, I think it's ultimately a win for Dame though. Oh, this is, I mean, as far as a basketball situation is concerned, like, I don't think Dame could have ended up in a better situation than, I mean, you get to play with Giannis, who, I mean, I think we all agree Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now, but Giannis is number two. So, you know, this is also a guy that I know that Dame is friends with and that has, they've worked out together in the, in the past, in the summers. And like when in the, during the, you know, 2021, when both of their, you know, situations were kind of up in the air, they were kind of talking about like wanting to, my, my understanding is they were talking about wanting to play together. And Giannis was like, Oh, you should come to Milwaukee. And Dame was like, nah, man, I don't want to go to Milwaukee. You should come to Portland. So it's a guy that he has wanted to play with. And, you know, as far as like, the comfort level, like, again, he gets to be reunited with Terry Stotts, who we saw what he, what Terry helped him unlock offensively in nine seasons there. He gets to be with Robin Lopez, who I know he's still a buddy, you know, buddies with. Pat Connaughton, who I think he has a good relationship with, as far as I know. Like, he, it's a good situation for him. And he, this is a better team than Miami would have been with him, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this team lost to Miami in the playoffs, but again, Giannis was hurt. Uh, and, and, and I think that was a big reason why, and the bucks were the number one seed. They looked heading into the playoffs. Like they were the favorite. Everyone was like, they're going to do it. And they just lost. And I think, you know, they, I think they probably realized like, Hey, in the half court offense, when it's not, you know, when, when teams are running their offense correctly and actually making shots, it's hard for us to get into our offense when it's not just Giannis doing the Bill Russell where he takes the ball and takes it coast to coast. Like, like it's, it, it, they needed something else in these, you know, stickier situations. And I think Dame helps them unlock that. And I think, again, I said it at the top, but I think the size and the length around him is, is the perfect compliment for Dame. So I, I think this is a home run for Milwaukee. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, sucks for other teams in the East too. I mean, I mean, I think, I think a lot of teams probably were like, Oh, Milwaukee's running it back again. Giannis is going to put in the pressure. He might leave. And now all of a sudden it's like Milwaukee seems like they're here to stay uh, for a while. So, uh, and also I think they have a new owner now. So I think maybe also too the new owner probably wanted to make a splash and do something on top of on top of everything else. I think that might have been a factor here that we didn't consider. Yeah, Jimmy Haslam, the co-owner of the Browns, which, by the way, uh, you know, what was the last time a superstar like this got traded kind of out of nowhere overnight? New owner, Phoenix, yeah. Kevin Durant at the deadline. And now there was more smoke about Kevin Durant going to Phoenix before because, of, you know, he had requested the trade during the, during the uh off season and you know that was where he wanted to go but then you know the thing that got it done besides you know the Kyrie part of it blowing up was also Matt Ishbia taking over as owner uh like 24 hours before the trade deadline or whatever 
Let's talk about the DeAndre Ayton piece of this a little bit, because that's the one thing, like, out of all this, I didn't know where Dame was going to go until the trade got done, but dating back a week, I the thing that I had just been hearing consistently, whether it was going to be Toronto or Philly or Miami or whatever, the one thing everybody seemingly could agree on, even, like, in the Chicago part of it, which I, I don't know how real that ever was, but, like, the Nurkic Ayton part of it had seemed pretty locked in for about a week. And I know that dating back to last spring, Portland had, and you know, I've talked about this before, I've written about this before, that Portland had kicked the tires on Nurk, on Aiton at different points as sort of a distressed asset after the way things went with him in Phoenix in that Dallas series that you know, it seemed like he was, you know, things were kind of going south there. But they weren't able to get that done last offseason because it was just really hard to make the money work with the sign-and-trade stuff and, like, base year compensation stuff. And, like, that was a whole thing. But I know, A, I know they've been trying to upgrade the starting center spot for a while, and there just hasn't been much of a market for Nurk. I know that Aiton is somebody that they've looked at, and so folding that into this, I think that's... that's Assuming they do something with Drew at some point and ship him out for more stuff... The Aiden piece of this is the headliner as far as what comes back. I would like to take a moment to congratulate Yusuf Nurkic. Welcome to the Prestige Zone. <laughs> you made it. Congrats to Nurk. He's in the Prestige you think so? Zone. He, you think so? Did you see Magic tweeted about it. Magic said the Phoenix Suns have made an upgrade today. They got better by getting Yusuf Nurkic. Magic Johnson did this? Like, Magic Johnson did that. I'm like, Nurk's in the prestige zone. Oh, hell yeah. I didn't even see that tweet. I didn't even see that tweet. No, I I think for both Nurkic and Aiton, like I think from a talent standpoint, obviously like Aiton is a huge upgrade for uh, for Portland in that spot. But I think both for Nurkic and for Aiton, just getting a change of scenery and getting a fresh start somewhere is going to be good for them. Like from, from Nurk's end, like I know, I mean, We've kind of—it's been pretty obvious since like December that Chauncey was kind of done with him and was, you know, not not thrilled with whether you know his conditioning or you know some of the you know efforts, whatever whatever the case may be. Like that was somebody they were trying to move off of at the deadline, and there just was not any market for. And I think I don't think Nurk is a bad player. I think in a in you know if he gets into a, a, a situation, and again he's going to be in a in a situation here with with Duran and Booker and. Bradley Beal where like there's going to be guys and you know Vogel is a you know a good defensive coach so like I could I could I could see that being a good situation for him just as a fresh start and then on the Aiton side of it like even though like it it, it has seemed and I've asked around a little bit about Aiton in the last uh week or so since this stuff started kind of circulating and what I've kind of gotten back about Aiton was just that he's a really good dude who just he was kind of broken by Monty and Chris Paul and just needs a fresh start somewhere. And even though Monty and Chris Paul are both gone from Phoenix now, like I think that ultimately it was James Jones, the G the GM who decided not to extend him and then didn't pay him that summer and basically waited until Indy gave him an offer sheet to match it. And so I think there are still, still some, you know, even though they got Sarver out of there, the owner, like there's still some bad blood there. And I think if you're, portland and the you luka, you know the luka thing also just yeah like, that's the thing as long as he's in phoenix he's gonna unfair. be as long as he's in phoenix he's the guy it's not fair to him because he didn't it's not his fault he was drafted number one but 
especially after they hired Luca's coach as their head coach and then didn't draft him because Robert Sarver was a U of A booster. It's not his fault that that happened. He, you know, anybody would want to be the number one pick, but as long as he's in Phoenix, he's going to be the guy that they drafted instead of Luca. And now he gets to go somewhere where they're not going to contend next year. They're probably not even, they're not even going to be a playoff team next year. Zero so expectations. Not, no. So there's not going to be any pressure on him to, you know, perform in the playoffs which has been an issue i mean he was he was awesome in that final series against the bucks but the last couple of years were kind of rough for him now he gets a couple of years to kind of rebuild his rebuild that in kind of a low pressure environment is a you know athletic big for scoot to play with i think that's going to be good for scoot like catches lobs which yeah that's something the blazers centers haven't really been doing lately i mean uh, and catching lobs at seven feet like drew you makes catch a lob he's like six seven you know what i mean like and and it's different when you have a guy of that size is a number one pick. You know, he, he's been, he's been the dude in his class for years, you know, since he was like 15 years old. And so I think it's super exciting to have Deandre Ayton. I think this is huge for the Blazers. I think it's great for Scoot. I think it's great for Ant. I think it's great for, for the team to have a new center. And to your point, I think it's good for Nurkic too. You know, Nurkic has worked on his three-point shot. He's going to get a lot of open looks. Um, you know, his finishing at the rim uh, looks better on paper than it does on the court. Like, like if you look at his numbers, they actually are not quite as bad as you would think when it comes to his finishing ability. But sometimes it just looks really bad sometimes. Right. And so, and so he's going to be open. He's going and, and but I think defensively is where I don't love this for Phoenix. And I think I think that's where it falls apart because Nurkic, Nurkic already had to do a lot of making up for people and making up for mistakes and matchups. And, like, I think Booker is probably a better defender than he gets credit for, and so is KD. But Beal, not a good defender. I don't know who else they're putting out there. Uh, I'm worried from that end what they actually get out of Nurkic defensively. I think offensively it'll be fine, but I think defensively to me is where that falls apart. But, hey, not Portland's problem. Uh, it, 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 Portland now has a, a, a center in Aiton who that series against Denver when, when they swept the, the Nuggets, obviously the Nuggets were super shorthanded, didn't have Jamal Murray. Right. But Aiton played the best defense I've ever seen on Jokic, and I think still – is one of the best defenders on Jokic. Jokic just was just making everything in that yeah. Phoenix series. And I think he was averaging like 37 a game. And it's like the shots he was hitting, he was doing the Sambor shuffle and just all these tough mid-rangers. And it's like, there's nothing Aiton or anybody could do. Nothing like, anyone's going to so, do about that. And we've no, seen we've seen Aiton do it. Like he was awesome in that Milwaukee series in the finals a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and won, uh, won the Suns that game two in the Western Conference finals on that buzzer beating dunk you know alley-oop play that they ran at the end like I just think having those options being able to play above the rim with a seven footer is something that just we haven't seen in a very long time in Portland and so I think that's going to be super exciting and yeah I agree it's totally the headline uh I'm not entirely sure why Phoenix did it other than just like maybe change of scenery is what unlocks both of these guys but I I'm think what it was get... was they wanted to um, was they wanted to take Aiton's money because they're like right now they're so top heavy. It's it's those four they had those four guys on max deals and then eleven guys on vet min deals. I think they wanted to just take 
Aiton's money and spread that around because they got Grayson Allen in the deal. That's you know a guy that it can. Well, be a that's a, that's, that's a good that's a good pickup. They got they got Nasir Little from Portland, who I I hope that's a good. I think that's another that's another guy who just had you know he's been good when he's played, but he just has not been able to ever stay healthy. And maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. And you know that's a guy that especially for a team like Phoenix where they're paying so much money to their stars and Nas is on a good contract for the next four years. That's a rotation guy that they can have long-term during this window who's still pretty young. Like, I understand why they why the Suns were willing to downgrade the, you know, do the downgrade from Aiton to Nurk from a talent standpoint to also get a couple of other actual rotation players because they were so top-heavy going into this. Yeah, no, I, 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 I see that. You know, when you say that and yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and this year talk about a guy who also probably needed a change of scenery, him and mm-hmm. Chauncey, you know, he wasn't ever really Chauncey's favorite. You know, I feel like, I feel like the fan base always wanted more Nasir, and Chauncey didn't always really want Nasir Cause like, you know, like he would still make some mistakes and, and maybe not always know what the coverages were and things like that. And so, uh, you know, hopefully being with Phoenix and also having, you know, a team with like three superstar, three star players, like there's not going to be any confusion about what his role is going to be out there. So so maybe that will help him kind of focus and 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 excel in that role. You know, he's going to have an opportunity. I mean, their other yeah. wings are like Ish Wainwright and Tory Craig, you know, like, like, like he's going to get a chance. So for him, I think it's good in uh, – but yeah, I, I I see that from that standpoint for, for the contracts. But uh, Portland getting Aiton is so monster. I mean, I think I think there were even last year, I think there was still maybe there was rumors around Aiton last summer too. Yeah, they uh, they, they, they kicked Portland. the Tigers. I told you. Yeah, with with like, but they had to re-sign Nurk, you know, because they were about to lose that cap space, and you know now they turned it into something, and so. But I, I also have my third eye open about James Jones and Clutch Sports with regards to hel- helping Nurk out. Like, uh, it did feel like a little bit of a family favor there. Do you know anything about Tomani Kamara? Because I don't. I don't. That's not uh, somebody I, I ever looked at as far as draft stuff. I'll have to ask around about him. I'm just going to... Like, I'm still, I'm still a... processing this whole... Because, again... <laughs> we had kind of been spending the like we've had all summer to talk to think about like oh well you know what what are the Miami pieces what's going to happen if that's where he ends up this is you know how we can talk about you know those guys or you know we had the last week about like you know how's OG going to fit or you know is Grady Dick somebody that they might want like we had kind of talked about all this I had never again I had never even thought about Milwaukee as a possibility which that's on me that's my fault I I should have. Nice, but but you also they did a really good job of keeping it quiet and putting all this other stuff out there about you know other teams being in and you just you never you never like I will no one admit, saw I Cleveland was like no one saw Cleveland last year for Donovan Mitchell either I feel like I feel like when no. these things I, I mean the last two years it's always been someone that you just haven't really thought of coming in at the last moment and making the move and and, and getting Miami out and and so getting Toronto out too. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm still kind of, yeah, my mind is blown a little bit. Yeah, uh, I looked up Tumani Kamara, like he's from Belgium. He's six okay. eight, and he's like a, and he they, he's like a a power forward. Or I'll have to look you know, up and so, see if Mike Schmitz ever wrote anything about him at ESPN. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, a Belgian dude. Then Mike Schmitz has definitely heard of him. 
Mike Schmidt's right. had a pretty extensive profile of DeAndre Ayton a couple of years ago about the leap that he's making and how it's going to change the modern big man. So. He can, you know, sneaky good shot too. I mean, I mean, you know, like, like I think he, like, you know, he might get a chance to shoot some threes here. And you know what I mean? Like, like I think what, what Especially because they're not Chris trying Paul, to win. If he wants to work on that and let it fly, like that's what I'm saying. And and I think you know, Monty and Chris Paul were probably like, "You go down there and rebound. Just that's all you do. Like set a screen and rebound and don't do anything else." Which like, obviously, that's just very, very. It's very old school to just be like telling the mm-hmm. seven foot guy to only do the rebounding. And I think he'll have a chance to expand his game here. He'll have a chance to not be bullied by his head coach and his point guard. Like, I, I, I think it'll be ultimately good for him. Uh, I think, I, you know, I, so I, I think it'll be great. Uh, I, I'm super, super stoked. And also the, the, the historical parallels between him and Michael Thompson, I think are pretty cool. Oh yeah. Because of the Bahamas the, connection, the Bahamas connection, both number one picks, uh, you know, Michael Thompson had a great career and post-playing career in Portland. So I, I, I think, uh, yeah, man. Michael Thompson I, I, taking, I, taken instead of Larry Bird in the draft. Right, well. That's one that yeah. nobody ever talks about. That is one that no one ever talks DeAndre, about. Maybe, I think it was because Larry Bird was going to stay at Indiana State and so teams didn't want to, which they just covered on winning time, by the way. They, they just did the, the the Larry Bird episode. Uh. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I, I dude, I, I kind of didn't watch Winning Time once I heard that they canceled it. Like, I just didn't. I want to like save that last episode for another time. Like, I just kind of got bummed out about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm bummed about it too. So, but that, that's my Winning Time take today. Yeah. So, I guess the other piece of this, I guess, to talk about, and I wish we had more time to really get into this in depth and reflect on it and stuff, but. Obviously, media day is coming up in a few days, and then it's just going to be right back into the day-to-day of, you know, this team coming up. But the last 11 years, man. Dame, for Dame yeah, and dude, Lillard he, in Portland. He's all gone, franchise, dude. All-time leading scorer. Last 11 years, you know, he's been the face. I mean, I've been around more the second half of his career. You were around more as a beat writer the first half of his career. I think your first year as an intern with the team was his rookie season. And then you were with the Colombian for a few years. And that was when I was in Chicago. So you were kind of there for the beginning. Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy. Like it's one of those like feeling really old moments (laughs) um, that like my job with the Blazers. Yeah. Started when they got Dame. um, And then I continued covering him throughout those years. And, uh, the Houston series when he hit that shot, you know, the first, the first series winner, um, even his first game winner. Like I remember his first game winner against the Pelicans, like Luke Babbitt set a screen for him and he launched this three over Ryan Anderson and, and the crowd went crazy. Uh, his first game against Steve Nash, where it was like literally a changing of the guard happened right in front of our face. Like Steve Nash, and Dame collide, and Steve Nash had this career-ending injury that he's yeah. never the same from. And his first Dame, game was the, it was the first game of the Nash Dwight Lakers that was like yeah supposed to oh, run the league, we, and then that just yeah this is gonna be fun. And Dame like put it on notice like first game they lose to Dame and and, and the Blazers, and 
and then, and then kind oh, of a bookend at the, at the very end of that season. This was like a couple days before Kobe tore his Achilles. Like there I think was it a was game two days before. Yeah, it was like yeah. right around that time. There was that game where Dame and Kobe just like went at it, and then Kobe said all this stuff about how like Dame's up next and like Dame is special. Then I just remember my well, first, my first, my first professional event that I covered with a media credential was summer league in Las Vegas, Dame's rookie year. And so I got to see it up close right away. And I mean, I've been, I've been doing this a long time as far as like, you know, you know, I've been, I've been to the, I think I've been to like 10, I've been to every summer league since 2012, except for 2020 when they didn't have it because of uh, COVID. But you can, you, you get pretty good at being able to tell when, what somebody is doing at summer league is real and whether it's just somebody putting up, you know, big numbers against not great competition. Like I remember, uh, Chris Apps Porzingis looked awesome at summer league. And I just remember thinking, okay, yeah, he's going to be a good NBA player. Like he's not Darko. Like this is not going to be a, a bust. Or like, I remember Ben Simmons when he was drafted before he broke his foot and missed his whole rookie season, he was throwing some passes that I've only ever seen like LeBron and Rajon Rondo throw. And I was like, okay, this guy is going to be, insane dame is another one where you could just tell that like i don't even remember what his numbers were but like you could tell that like he was making good decisions he was taking good shots you could tell that like guys gravitated towards him and it was just like oh okay this is this guy's gonna be really good now did i think he was gonna be a top 75 player of all time and franchise leading scorer and future hall of famer i you can't really project that as a rookie just like I'm trying to get people to pump the brakes a little bit on Scoot now, even though I think Scoot's going to be really good. I, you know, you just, you can't, you can't get too ahead of yourself there, but I did pretty much see right away at Summer League that, yeah, Dave was going to be at least really good. And then obviously he ended up exceeding anything we could have expected from him. Yeah. I mean, and you and I were sitting next to each other when he did the wave. Like, I feel like I, <laughs> I, I still remember you pulling your phone out. To, to, to capture it, like, as he was coming up the floor. Because you had been there in the building for... Because I was still living in Chicago during the Houston series when he hit the, the season... The, the series-ending shot the first time. So you had seen this before, and I was... Uh, I was kind of just still like, you know, it was the Thunder. It, it, it was pretty clear at that point they were going to win the series. But as he was bringing the ball up the floor, you pull out your phone and you start, like, filming it and, like... And, yeah. And, and, and then... Yeah, and then he hits. I mean, and, no, and I remember, I remember you and I look at each other. We just go. Yeah, like, the just, whole, like, like we we just had. Like, I don't even just, think we said anything. No, we didn't say anything. We just had our mouth wide open, and we were just like, it was just. I mean, and that to me is like that was the Dame experience. In mm -hmm. It was just like a lot of moments where you were just like. Ah! Like how did he do that? Like Well, I was I was there for the seven, so this is this is maybe the this is maybe the funniest thing that happened this past season, but the 71 point game. Oh, uh, I'm pissed I wasn't at that one. That was one where like I think he had 40 at halftime and it was against the Rockets and so we figured oh he's probably not even going to play much in the second half and then they, you know, they hung around enough that he had to stay in. But maybe maybe the funniest thing of this last season was uh he goes uh you know, he comes into the locker room afterwards. He has a little blue Band-Aid on his arm, like, kind of in the, you know, the place where, you know, if you, if you like, have to get blood drawn. And he uses, he looks at us, and he's like, can you believe this? They just drug tested me. Like, that's the kind of thing where, like, that's the kind of thing where, like, you joke about, like, oh, he went, he went off, so they're going to have to probably drug test him after the game. The league actually drug tested him after that game. 
yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah. There was so many of those moments where he just would just put the team on his back and and just and do something incredible. And it's gonna suck, man. It's gonna suck not having that. Like it, it, it is. And um, but I'm glad that we let you know Portland got to see it for as long as he did, as long as they did. I mean, you know, for most of the 2000s, I mean, like he was the only dude of those star players, him and LaMarcus were the only guys that really ever stayed healthy, you know, and, yeah. and, and were able to play. And, and he was not only able to do that, but he was able to make all-star teams, all NBA, uh, you know, get them, you know, to the conference finals. And now, nah, man, uh, I think Dame will deservedly like have a statue outside one day. And uh, it's, it's, it was a special time, man. It really was in, in the history of this franchise. And, you know, that it just happened to be at the same time as Golden State, as right. the Spurs, and and so they Wesley Matthews never... tearing his Achilles that year. That was that was the best team that they that Dame ever had was that uh, yeah, and then the twenty fifteen men- team, yeah. Honorable mention: Nurk's broken leg. Like yeah. like they they went all in, and then they had Cantor and all these guys, and it was like and and Hood and 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 Seth Curry and. They just had a good team, and then you know, poor Nurk with the broken leg, like that kind of ruined everything too. I, I, I think, yeah, they had some moments there. I think, I think the 2017 draft, something else that was not in Dame's yeah. control, also an unfortunate day for the franchise in the in the Dame history of reasons why you know they ultimately fell short. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think it was a great great run, and um, I think Dame's first game is going to be with Terry Stotts now coaching him, Robin Lopez there. It's going to be like the, the vibes 31st. are the, the vibes on January 31st are going to be special. Like I, I, I think, I think I can, I think I can, I can bet on that. It is going to be a very warm welcome for Dame and Stotts and, and Robin Lopez and just all the memories people have of those teams. And, you know, hopefully now too with Aiden and, and the group, they, they, they've got like, you know, they need a, they still need a three. But um, they've needed a three ever since they traded Nicholas Batum, so that's not anything new. Yeah, and that's I mean that's the thing that OG Ananobi would have I think solved if that was the thing that ended up happening. But oh yeah, I, I mean yeah, I mean for Portland's sake, Toronto would have had the best package if they. Had but I also don't table. know if if Masai was ever really serious. Right. And, and I think, and, and that's what we always have to say. That's always the caveat when you're dealing with Toronto is, are they actually serious or are they just messing around? I, I thought it might be serious this time because some Toronto people were saying that there's some pressure from ownership on yeah. the side to kind of get out of like this, you know, cycle of mediocrity that they kind of been in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it wasn't, this wasn't the, the deal. I, I guess maybe they think they can get Giannis. Maybe they. I mean, you know, they 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 that had they they were linked the last time. Uh, the last time he was maybe going to be. Uh, well, yeah. Available after the after the bubble when when we didn't know if he was going to sign the extension, and then they did the Drew Holiday trade, and 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 then and then he was all in. Yeah. No. And and, and now maybe I so. think I think he's probably going to be back all in though. I, I, yeah. I, I, that's like know, that's bar. bar- We'll see how the everybody. Go. Every, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, and I guess, I guess Embiid is the guy now, or like I guess Donovan, like Donovan Mitchell doesn't really seem like a Messiah guy, and I think he just wants to be in New York anyway. But like, 
I don't know, like, who's the next guy? I'll, I'll, I'll say this, too. As a person that covers a team, I am very, very happy to be out of that news cycle for at least another few years. Oh, the, the, oh my God. The, uh, the, you know, speculation about whether a guy is going to get traded. or Like, I'm just, let me cover a 27-win team with no expectation. Does he have enough yeah, help? Yeah, like, does, I think do, we've do, got, like, what? Does he need more help? Does he need a bigger like, market? It's, like, so We've got, like, say, we've got, like four or five years, maybe, before that starts up with Scoot. Although, I guess it's, it's kind of moving up, because I think they saw a little bit of that with Anthony Edwards already. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, Anthony like, Edwards is in the World Cup and, like, had some good games, and everyone's like, hey, he's good, but he plays in a city that isn't New York, L.A., or Miami. Should he leave? Who can say? Perhaps. Who can say? And, I and, did enjoy – I did enjoy – I think the best tweet that I've seen today was from Matthew Singer, who used to be a reporter here in Portland. I think he's in uh, L.A. now, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull this up. But uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was – it was a pretty good thing. It says – can't believe after all Dame has done for the Blazers, they're shipping him off to contend with a can't contend for a championship with another Hall of Famer who also has to be his off-season workout buddy. Good luck getting free agents to sign in Portland after doing him like that. Yeah, which it was that was man. Uh, that's so good. That's so good. Portland, Portland will Portland ever get free agents again? Which they've never gotten. And and other players are watching. They are watching. They are Scoot, watching. Scoot is going to be really mad that they got him a, a legit starting center and more stuff to either either a guy like Drew Holiday that he's going to be able to you know get mentored by if he stays around or but 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 you know they didn't they didn't just give Dame to the team that wanted that he wanted to go to so now Scoot's going to want to leave in eight years. That's I guess that's I guess that's what. Yeah, when Scoot and Shea are offered, you know. Max extensions, they're going to turn them down because they didn't like that they didn't trade Dame to the place he wanted to go to. Right, because if there's one thing we know, it's that money doesn't move anything in the NBA. It's all about principle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, man. It's it's just. What a stupid summer. It's what this a, is th- what a stupid summer, man. Has this been the most annoying one of these? Maybe, maybe, maybe we can't really comment on this because we're too close to it. But has this been the most annoying one of these trade request sagas of the last? I think the last one that might have been this annoying was the Dwight uh, Orlando one, where he signed the opt-in waiver unexpectedly before the trade deadline because they gave him his favorite candies on the airplane. I think that might be the only one that was as unserious as <laughs> yeah. this one. Do you remember that? I know. I- yeah, I, 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 now that you said that, I remember that, but I do very much remember the Dwight mayor, like, w- w- which is what we called it at the time. We called it the yeah. Dwight mayor, uh, and just how insane it was. And it all felt like he was going to go to the Lakers, but then it actually ended up being really funny because then he went to the Lakers and they left and then he left and watched for nothing. And they lost and for nothing. there was which, his year, his one year with Kobe's the Lakers. Prime, and then, yeah, and then Kobe's. But his one year with the Lakers was pretty funny too. Like they had the the, the stage photo of him and Mike D'Antoni fighting, with, like while. Oh yeah, with Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. That yeah, poor Mike Brown. Mike Brown got fired after like you know three yeah. games or whatever. Mike Brown ended up in a great spot though. He's in Sacramento. He saved the Kings. He got the Kings back to the playoffs. He's living. He's loving life right now. Yeah. You know. It, 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 the tables turn very fast in the NBA, and uh, yeah, man, I, it's so wild that like 
not only is Dame going to be playing with Giannis, he's going to be in a Terry Stotts offense with Giannis. Like, I just like, you know, it's something that we all wanted to happen in Portland, but it's obviously not happening in Portland. But I think, I think also like a lot of Blazer fans I talk to are very, very, very happy to root for Dame and the Bucks to win a championship. I do not think a lot of Blazer fans would have been very happy for him to win a championship with me. Uh, for for whatever reason, I, I think probably like the what they had to offer was a big part. I think, I, I think, but I, I the way that the way that Goodwin poisoned the well this summer, I think, turned a lot of people off. Yeah, and I and and so I think people were just like, actually, you know what? Forget that. We're like, but now that he's on the Bucks, I do think that like there is a huge Portland Bucks bandwagon. That Especially is for, with those that other connections me. with the Terry Stotts, Robin Lopez, uh, Pat Connaughton elements of it. Yeah, yeah. I and like I think, Adrian Griffin too. I had him recover. He was an assistant under Tibbs in Chicago. He's a, he's a good dude. I like him a lot. That's awesome. That's a, I don't I don't know him at all. I've never crossed paths with him, but that's that's good. And and and, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see Giannis and Dame in a real basketball game, not in the All Star game, not on 2K, not on Photoshop. Like one of those real like NBA Jam pairings that everyone always puts together online, but we never actually get to see. And now we do. So I, I'm I'm really excited for the East this season. And now I'm also really excited for the Blazers that they can breathe and they can just be them. And Scoot doesn't have to answer questions about Dame anymore. And neither does Shaden and neither does Ant. And it's their team now. And this isn't going to be a circus. Um, Media day is Monday. They're going to Santa Barbara for training camp. Media day is not going to be a circus anymore. Like it it was going to be, if if they hadn't traded him by, uh, by, by Monday or, they had traded him to Miami for the Tyler Hero and two firsts package because they had no other options. Then either it would have been really awkward if Dame was still there on media day, or we would have been like trying, you know, getting, you know, we would have been just kind of bad because Joe would have been trying to have to spin this heat deal. Is actually, this isn't that bad, even though he probably would be a dead man walking at that point. It was probably going to get fired in a year. Joe, I think, saved his entire career by doing this today. Oh, like that's yes. that's, and I'm also very interested. A- like now, like like now, like, there's not all of this uncertainty. Now it's like okay, they have a direction. Here's, here's the other part of it: they have a direction. They have a at least they have what depending on what they do with Drew, you know, what they get back or if they end up keeping him. This is gonna be the season where we find out if Chauncey Billups is a good coach or not. I was just gonna say this because now yes. Chauncey no longer has any excuses. He's got all the players he wants. They haven't played in any other si- – like, like, a lot of them are really young, so they won't have, like, another system of, like, having played with Terry Stotts before. He can run all the stuff that he wants to run, which was, like, not a lot of Dane – a lot of the good stuff that we saw Dane do with dribble handoffs and stuff like that. Like, I think we're going to see – Chauncey Village is going to have an opportunity to show us who he is as a coach without yes. Dame and CJ, without – you know, guys that he thinks maybe don't fit like Nurkic with guys that don't fit what he wants to do offensively, defensively, switching defenses. I know that, you know, one of the things that they have done is they switch their defenses quite a bit. They switch their coverages. They they like to switch on defense. 
And now they've got more guys, I think, that, that can do that in a more athletic big. So, um, hold on, hold yeah, on, hold think, on, hold on. I've got some a... emergency breaking tweet here. Did oh. you see the Jimmy Butler uh, Instagram live where he was talking about how they need to investigate the Bucks for tampering? I did see that. Did you just see that Tyler see that. Hero retweeted it and said what he said? I did see that. I just saw that right I now. That's that is that's sad, bro. That's so sad. They're going out sad, especially it's, it's going, also just uh, it's also just very talking. It's also very funny that like they're now talking about this after Dame's agent spent the entire summer trying to poison the well for any other team to trade for him. Yeah, and and like you've got the most popular, one of the most popular sports podcasts in the Dan Lebitard show, literally doing Pat Riley's bidding every day on their show, and like, but Port, but but Milwaukee was the one that tampered, and it's like, just because Dame and Terry Stotts are friends doesn't mean they were tampering. I mean, I mean, like, like, like you know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't think, think if, that, if if that was if that was if that was the. That's well, also, if that was if that was the case, I don't think like Dame would have been putting it out there. If there was some like shenanigans going on behind the scenes, I don't think Dame would have been putting it out so strongly that he only wanted to go to Miami. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just saw that and thought it was amusing. Is all it is. Not, it, it, have, it is amusing. I don't have it much else amusing. to say. I'm just I'm just I'm just observing all of this in real time. Yeah. No, but, but I, I I think I you know a lot of people when they were tanking were saying that they liked the way the team was playing more when they were going with the younger guys and weren't playing the veterans. So maybe, maybe, maybe this is the roster that Chauncey needs to, to, to do what he wants. But if they have another season where they don't win 30 games, I mean, obviously they're not going to try to win and he's under contract, but I do feel like he might be on the hot seat a little bit. Cause if you have three straight seasons where you're not winning 30 games, like, at that that's point, not, yeah, you gotta. Kind that's of, bad. Like, like, like that's like, bad. Like, like we, like we kind of had the, we, we, we had the, you know, the, the first, you know, Chauncey's first season. Like the Neil stuff happened in December, and then Dame had the surgery, and then they traded everybody at the deadline. So like, okay, fine, you can throw that one out. But then they kind of had the, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the last season was like, you know, it started off hot, and then they had some injuries, and then they shut Dame down, and. You know they're they're going to be talking about how like that. You know we he still hasn't gotten a chance to show. Like you can't have three years in a row where there's just we just we just don't know what to evaluate. Right, and and the Gary Payton two signing, which I've you know been all about, you know pointing out that that kind of it wasn't the only thing that ruined the season, but it was one of the bigger things that ruined the season in my opinion. That like it just kept on sucking the air out of the balloon every time he wasn't coming back, and. I think you could look back if you're Portland and be like, well, we tried to make Aaron Goodwin happy by signing his client. Now they have no one else to blame. Like if things, if they, if things, if guys that they sign don't work out, if things don't, they made all these choices, you know, this is, this is their show this time. They can't, they can't blame this on Aaron Goodwin. They can't blame it on trying to appease Dame and trying to win now. Like they got to show some kind of growth this year. And they got to do it when they got to do it this season because they made all the choices and this is the bet that they made. So I think for that reason too, this is a big year, even if it's not going to be a big year, you know, wins wise. Yeah. We will do a lot more on this as the next few days unravel. Once we see kind of whether other moves are made and then 
obviously into training camp, into media day, but this was just kind of, you, you know we had to, this is something that's never been done before, a emergency podcast when the major trade happens with a team that I cover. Like, this is never, this is, we're breaking new ground in the sports content world here. So we had to get on and do this, but Eric, we'll, we will do, I think the next time you're going to be on is probably the predictions episode right before the uh, season starts, but there was nobody else I was going to do this with, the instant reaction to this, but... You know, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, thanks for coming on, man.